This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to another Gangplank Report. You've heard Adrian and Jen talk about the most recent episode of this hip Bravo series. Now it's time to hear from you, the superfans. It's time for the bonus episode of the Gangplank Report. And here they are, Adrian Gang and Jennifer Bennington. Hey gang, welcome back to another Below Deck Gangplank Report superfan interview. This week we have Rose. I met Rose through IG and also through Club Bravo on the Clubhouse app, and we are very excited to have her here with us and get her opinions and takes on the whole Below Deck franchise. So welcome, Rose. Hi, super cool to be here. It's, I've never like done a podcast, so it's cool. And it's also cool because Adrian's on it. It's like, I've seen you on TV. And I'm talking. <laughs> hey! So cool. We're super excited to have you here. I did not know that you were in Clubhouse too. So that's very cool. Yes. Oh my God. That's a whole different conversation that yes, we can have because so- I, I feel like anybody who's not jumping on the Clubhouse train at this point is missing out. Yes. No, I completely agree. I feel like that's how I know like all this good Bravo dirt is right. (laughs) It is. It's fun. I still haven't gotten to the point where I engage because there you can't edit yourself like I can here. (laughs) I have total power here and I don't there. So I'll get there one day. I'll, I'll get to where I can ask questions and not feel like a total dork, but that's understandable. Speaking of questions, though, how did you get started into Below Deck? Were you there from the beginning? Is it recent? Well, I tried to, like, think about this, and I don't know, but I know I've seen, like, every episode of, like, all three franchises, so I feel like I've always watched it, but I, like, I've seen every episode. Like, I'm really obsessed with the show. Right. Yeah. I mean, some people have told us that they didn't get into Below Deck until the pandemic and then they just binged every season available. No, I saw pre-pandemic. Like I saw it before the pandemic. Awesome. Okay. And like, I always watch it like when it's on Bravo and they do the all-day marathons, like I'm sitting there watching it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I've seen this before, but maybe I'll pick up something new. Yeah, no. And I just, it's so good that I'll rewatch it again. Like, I don't care. Yeah. And I always do pick up something new. There's some little quip I miss because if you think about how many conversations are happening in an hour, when I was blogging, I watched it three times. Now I only watch it twice, but I still catch things that I missed and other people will catch things that I totally didn't see. And I'll go back and then maybe watch it a third time. Like, oh, I wish I would have seen that. I think another fun thing, especially about watching previous seasons is knowing who comes back. So like watching it with the context of knowing that like Eddie comes back or other cast members that return later so if you're watching earlier seasons you see their development a little bit more or you're able to put it in more context after you've seen a more recent season right yes and especially like just with Eddie as an example like we 
saw him for like the first three seasons and then we did it and then he came back and I think everyone was really excited last season when he came back because we all I think for the most part genuinely like him and like he's a good cast member he's good on deck so I totally agree and even with Rachel like this season it was great to see her because we saw her last season so we know what we're getting with her right her like shenanigans yeah <laughs> shenanigans is right <laughs> unpredictable predictability right <laughs> yeah it is fun to have, I think, carrying through a cast member or two, but I do like them throwing in new people as well, because some people, there's only so much of an arc you can have, I think, with how much you want to know about a certain yes. cast member, present company excluded. I still have much more to learn about my partner here, but is there a Aww. franchise that you prefer one over the other, or are you just game for um, anything below deck? Yeah, I guess I would say like OG, like the original, like season three, the season with Rocky, that's like my favorite season. Mm-hmm. I still feel like all of the drama and everything that happened, like it's very hard to beat that season. Yeah. Um, I also love Captain Lee. He is like, it's like Captain Lee and then Glenn, but I just like love Captain Lee. So I got to say like the original one. Yeah. I think part of it too, is that especially with the leaders of the show, being able to see different leadership styles kind of play out in front mm-hmm. of you and the way that they handle crew issues differently and docking issues differently. And I think that that, that, I mean, it's been a trope for a very long time, but it starts at the top. And I think when you have at the very least some consistency there, it drives the show a little bit more in one direction or another. And you do know what to expect on some level based on what you've seen before. Although- in my opinion, Sandy has flip-flopped quite a lot in her leadership style, maybe realizing that what she did last season wasn't fan favorite material. And then this season tries something a little bit different. And I feel like we see a little bit more adjustment on her end versus the other two so far. And I mean, we still have two more franchises that are coming out here shortly. So we'll end up with two new captains that we'll get to see their leadership styles, which I'm pretty excited about. I do know one of the captains that is on the adventure series. So I'm really excited about seeing what they do. No, that makes sense. Cause I feel like Captain Lee, you kind of know what to expect, but with Sandy, like last season, obviously with everything that happened, I was like, no, I don't get her management style. And then this season, like you were saying, it seemed like she tried to overcorrect, but then she would do things. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like when she fired Lexi, like her thinking didn't make sense. And then she got mad at Malia for the stuff with David and their like interaction was very fake and forced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just don't get her. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. She's not my favorite. Let's just say that. Yeah. She's my third favorite. So <laughs> <laughs> trying to stay positive but no let's get into that a little we haven't gotten very far in OG yet so Mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit about med when you went into it Mm -hmm. last season were you excited about it or hesitant to yeah here's the thing I'll I will watch like anything pretty much from Bravo so yes Sandy's like like I'll still watch it even though she sucks and (laughs) the person I don't think we're gonna name even though yes she came back I was like okay but I thought you know, I thought Malia like redeemed herself to a degree mm-hmm. and the season was good. I mean, Lexi, although I, I agree with a lot, what a lot of people said, like once Lexi left, it kind of got boring and right. Lexi was a lot, but she did TV. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the way it ended was very boring though. Like the way they ended it boring and like Matt, I would never want to see Matt on TV ever yeah. again. Yeah. 
I think we're going to luck out in that department. We'll at least not see him on below deck, I don't think, unless it's with a different captain. <laughs> right. I don't even think that'll happen. I'm not sure that after how he behaved at the reunion that any captain's going to want him on the boat. Yeah. Right. That was the thing. His behavior was just gross. I feel like I had some sort of curiosity about watching him throughout the season. And then the last episode or two, you just saw his really nasty side, like really, really nasty side. And then obviously him just deflecting all the blame on everybody else and then trashing Sandy to her face in a reunion. I was just like, okay, well, at least we never have to see you again. <laughs> right. And also, unlike previous seasons where Sandy was micromanaging more in the kitchen, like she didn't do that with him. So some of his criticism, I was like, I don't see where it's coming from based on what we saw on the show. Right. Right. It makes sense. Yeah. And you never know with editing. We right. really don't know if they purposefully cut it out because of the response that people had when she was doing that to Kiko and people didn't like it. So they didn't show it. You don't really know, but even with her being my third favorite, I would err on the side of Sandy with that over Matt personally and assume that she was telling yeah. the truth and not. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So what do you think with the, you said in clubhouse, you have heard yes. some of the below deck dirt and I yeah. wholeheartedly agree with you. I think the discussions that happen there are really interesting because you're coming from a lot of different perspectives and there's a lot of different input that I have found really telling about the audience base, but also really useful, especially when it comes to recording this podcast. Mm -hmm. As far as the dirt that you have learned through that process, through Clubhouse, what would you say was the most surprising to you? Well, I guess what I meant before about dirt, I guess just meant like in Club Bravo in general, you hear all this stuff about it. I'm trying to think specifically with Below Deck. I don't know. I'd have to think about this. But yeah, for people listening, if you're not, like, you have to join Club Bravo and the Below Deck chats are great. Captain Mel is amazing. Agreed. She's, she's so amazing. Fun. And she yeah. does, she's so concise with it too. She's like smooth to the point and then you're out of there like in an hour because sometimes some of the rooms are like real too long for me. Yeah, personally. for sure. I would have to say that one of the most interesting conversations that I heard was from one of the charter guests that said that she thought that Matt's food was better than Ben's. Oh, yes. 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 I remember that. Uh-huh. Yes. Which is interesting because Ben, I feel like is, and obviously this is me as a viewer, but like he is like the gold standard, like the go of below deck chefs and his food always looks good. So for someone else to say that, I was like, oh, okay. Right. Interesting. I got to believe her because she ate the food. Right. Right. If we're looking at it. She's actually eating it. And that's right, the funny right. thing always when I see people who get all super hyped up about this person is the best chef and whatever. And I've done it for years with Ben. He's always been my favorite. And knowing that I've never tasted any of the food, it's like, it's hard for me to say emphatically, yes, this is the best chef on the planet when, I mean, the food could taste like sand. I'm a texture person. So if the texture's off, it's going to ruin it for me. And like Adrian knows this, like food is so subjective and it could look good, but then I might not like it or the other guests might not. Or like last season on Med with that girl, Crystal, she wanted everything family style. So she kind of didn't like things. And then everyone else was raving about the food and she gave it like a four out of 10. And everyone was like, what are you talking about? Right. So it's very, it's hard to do it without tasting the food. Yeah. Right. 
I agree. And I've tasted Ben's food. I mean, he was serving us something different for the most part than what he was feeding the guests, but his mm-hmm. food, I've always said is really very good. He's talented and his presentation is really good. And I think that there's several other chefs on other seasons that I have not personally tasted their food, but being able to talk to other cast members that have worked with them who have said like, we weren't thrilled. This wasn't great kind of thing, or I was really impressed with everything. And it really only goes one way or the other. And a lot of chefs will, especially when they're cooking for the crew, will not put in maximum effort because they don't have to. It's more sustenance than it is art at that level. But there are a handful of chefs throughout the seasons that have made it a point to make sure that things are just as nice, maybe not the same ingredients necessarily, but just as nice for the crew as they are for the guests. And that comes across in the conversations that I have. So it's kind of interesting on the back end to hear from other people. Right. Yeah. Or like that time with Adam when he, whatever season he was on with med and mm-hmm. he like forgot the crew food and Joel like, <laughs> forgot to make food. And he was was like the shrug emoji. He's like, eh, whatever. I mean, it's like not every other season, but every, every handful of seasons, the chefs are like, crew food is not my thing. Oh, really? Because where the hell else are they supposed to go to eat? Yeah. It's not like during the charter, you can like kick the tender out to like land and go get like pizza. And I'm sure the kitchen, like the galley, like the crew galley, it's probably just like snacks. They want like a real meal. Right. In a crew gal, you have a coffee machine and a microwave. How much can you really do with that? Yeah. Like, especially the deck people, they want real, not that interior doesn't, but they want a real, like, substance meal because you're right. doing all that work. Like, right, right. Exactly. Starving. And you, not to mention you're serving food that you're looking at going, wow, this looks really amazing. And then I go downstairs and I have a panini. Or I have yes. to make my own damn panini. <laughs> that would suck. So frustrating. <laughs> Okay, well, to wrap up Below Deck Med, is there anybody from the crew? We know that Courtney and Z are both coming back. Was there somebody on the crew that you would have wished they would have brought back, Rose? No, I like Courtney. I like Z. He's like adorable. He's, oh my God, he's so charming. No, everyone else can go. Like they yeah. were fine, but I don't necessarily need them to come back. They all, both Courtney and Z also have good personalities mm-hmm. and we got to know them a little bit. So it'll be good next season. We get to know them more. I just right. felt like those two characters, we probably learned the most about them. So I'm glad that they're going to come back. And it seems like everyone genuinely liked them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I agree. I thought Lloyd and David were adorable as well, yeah. but I don't know how much of a story arc we could get out of that. No, I feel like with Lloyd, I feel like he kind of told everything we would need to know about him. So I don't know how much more in depth or intuitive he can go. Cause I feel like we learned literally everything about him right and that's what I was saying before about there's some characters not that they're not people but as characters on the show that their art goes really quickly yeah and you really do need to move on because otherwise you get into that thing and Adrian Rose is a housewives watcher so you're gonna have to shoot me for talking housewives for a second but when somebody's been on too long and they start manufacturing a personality I'm afraid that's what you would get and that's why I like that below deck churns them out so quickly yes no I agree I completely agree and I just feel like with Z and Courtney there's so much more we can expand on mm-hmm. and I also I'm really curious I want to know more about Z and his because I know he talked about it his family background but I want to I want to know more I definitely want right. to know more especially because his family's in yachting I just feel like he's very 
interesting. So, and he's so cute. Oh, he's adorable. And I'm also curious to see like, because last season they didn't really have a relationship. I mean, like they were kind of just friends. So I'm curious now if this next season, if they stay friends or they become more, uh, that I'm very interested to see. Yeah, I agree. I agree with with that. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So on to OG. We just started. And they gave us a warning that Captain Lee wasn't going to be there to start. What was your response to Sean? Because Adrian and I have shared ours and we admitted our bias in it. What was your response as a viewer to Sean's captaining style? So first of all, the way the previews mean, like I legit thought Lee wouldn't be on until like the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. We'd have, we would have Captain Sean for a while. So it was weird that we only had him for like a charter and like a half. So that was that. I mean, I know how you guys feel. I just thought he was a little like micromanaging in a way. And I get, like, I felt like in that episode, the first one where you recapped it, I felt you guys made valid points, but I just thought he came off really like extra micromanaging. Right. It's like, I feel like Eddie and the deck crew could have handled that beach picnic on their own. Like he was fine. I would totally have him again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that I don't want to see him ever again. I just... I didn't like him as much. It's also really hard to replace like Captain Lee, I feel, and I'm biased in that way. I don't disagree with that. I mean, he is the face of the brand at this point in time because he's the only consistently returning cast member. So I get why everybody else has bias similar to yours. I just feel like, I mean, at some point, Captain Lee is going to have to retire. And we're going to end up with another captain, whether that's Sean or somebody else, And I feel like it's going to be somewhat of a similar situation to Francesca that whoever that captain is, is just going to be a sacrificial lamb because, because it's not Lee, it's not, they're not going to be a fan favorite right away, unless it's somebody that is able to overcome all of that. I think whoever steps in to replace him is going to have a hell of a time getting the fan base on board with whoever they are and whatever their leadership style is. And that kind of sucks because They could be a really great captain, but because they're not Lee, people are going to complain about it. At some point, the man has to retire. Yes. And if Sean was that person, I would like, that's fine. I guess I just, I don't know. I just, from the beginning, I was like, "Mm, maybe like chill on the micromanagement. But if he came back that, yeah, that's fine. It's not like I never want to see him. Yeah. At some, at some point we have to let Lee go into the distance and, and do his retirement family, happy life thing. You know, it's just, it, it would be interesting to see what they chose to do as far as a replacement for him in that sense. A lot of people have speculated that it could be Eddie. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. at least from my understanding, Eddie still to this day does not have enough practical real world experience on boats of that size for the insurance company to insure him to do that. And maybe that will change over the next couple of years if Lee sticks with it and Eddie keeps coming back. But it's one of those things that it's kind of an immovable force when you're talking about an insurance company that's in charge of a multi-million dollar asset, if that makes sense. Yes. And I also feel like, I know Below Deck is obviously not the real world, but if you're going to be the captain on this show, you have to have all the qualifications as other captains do, because you are, like you just said, handling these huge yachts. So yeah. And there's a lot of liability. Right. It's not like just because you're on a TV show that goes away. Perfect example of that was my season where Alex, the guy who ended up being the first officer or first mate or whatever they called him, was under the impression when he arrived that he was going to be the captain of the vessel because that's what they told him. And then Mm -hmm. the insurance company came back to Bravo and was like, haha, no. 
Right. You know what I mean? He has some boat driving experience, but he just doesn't have the qualifications to run this boat. So yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I feel like maybe if it was a smaller, okay. So first season below deck, if it was maybe a tiny boat, maybe that's one thing, but yeah, these are really big boats. So you have to have your qualifications, you know, and right, also right. insurance wise, it's probably a lot of money to insure these huge boats. Like you have to know what you're doing. Like a stew, you can kind of, okay, fake it, learn on the job, but a captain, you can't, you have to have those qualifications. Right. Correct. The only way I could see them doing it is if they did a scenario where they had the regular captain for the boat do the actual docking and whatever, and just kind of filmed Eddie in the pilot house, like he's mm-hmm. doing it or Eddie at the steering on the side. But would you want it to be that if it was not authentic? I wouldn't, but knowing Bravo, it's not beneath them to do that. I don't think it would be smart for the brand because one of the great things about Below Deck is it is reality and they are doing these actual jobs. It's like the real world back at the beginning when they actually had to have jobs and stuff and do their careers versus the fake jobs they gave them later on. So I think it would jump the shark if they did it that way, but I don't know that Bravo minds jumping the shark, I guess. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. We'll see. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Rose, if you were to choose any geographic location that you would want to see a below deck franchise show up, what, what do you think would be an interesting destination? Oh my God, that's really hard. Especially because now we have those two like spinoffy ones. Like, you know what I mean? So we already are going to have an Australia one. Oh my God, this is hard. I don't know. I would want to see Below Deck South Pole. That would be cool. Okay. Oh, you know, it'd be cool. And I don't know if this is actually possible, but I'm obsessed with England. So if they did something where it was like England based or like Ireland, UK, that would be really cool. I don't know if that's like possible, but that would be really cool. Because then it'd be cool because you could see them on the boat and then they could go to all the places in England. Yeah. That, I would like that. And then I'd be like, ooh, ooh, let me be a charter guest. Yeah, that might be a short season, but because of how cold it gets yeah. here quickly, but weather-wise. This is true. true. Or like true. doing all of UK. So like mm-hmm. Scotland, Ireland, right. England. I mean, there's plenty of places where boats can go up there. Yeah. So if they were able to spread it out a little bit and do a couple of different destinations, that would be amazing. Yes, yeah. that would be really, really cool. I would like to see Alaska too. Alaska is gorgeous. I think it was a toss-up between Norway and Alaska. And for whatever reason, they went with Norway. But maybe the next adventure series will be Alaska. If it is, maybe they can get Riley back. <gasps> oh, there you go. Oh my God, that would be so good. Because even though she was a lot mm-hmm. and she made really good TV. She does. She did make really good TV. <laughs> and there were some times where she was valid, especially the season with Kevin and all those Mm-hmm. guys like th- she there needed to be somebody to call them out for their behavior so right. that would be very interested also you know that's her thing alaska so yeah it'd be interesting to see her in her like natural element agreed right and then we get like a national geographic narration of like her in her natural environment yes right and the bottle <laughs> and stuff. yeah oh my god that could totally work <laughs> yeah, that would be fun So about this season, other than the captain drama, what are you thinking so far? Do you have a favorite cast member? Somebody? I would say I like Raina Mm -hmm. and I like Fraser and they were on Watch What Happens Live. 
last night. night. <laughs> and the oh my god, their chemistry is great. I just think they are so they're such oh I love their friendship. Um, and I like seeing Eddie and Rachel again. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was good last night that like Rachel kind of explained to Eddie like all her feelings about his comments, and she brought it up at the beginning of the season so we can squash that. And Eddie was at least like honest and was like, "Yeah, I said this," and yeah. he wasn't like trying to deny it because. And I think it shows that he's more of a mature person it just especially from when like season three when he like gaslit rocky like it just shows that eddie's grown up and he's matured and he can accept what you know his behavior so i thought that was good but yeah so far i'm enjoying it this overall season but i did have a question like for the pig rose like is that something like in the real world would you know about that ahead of time or is that because it seemed like rachel got the preference sheet and it was on there and then she started making the phone calls even though the she has to do that the next day. That is that something you would know about like well in advance? Yes, typically you would. Okay. For the purposes of the show, that is not what they do, but yes, typically you would because it does take some time to prepare for things like that and to get all of the materials that you need and obviously the pig. So yeah, normally you would know a lot more about that. I want to go back just a little bit to the conversation that we just had about Eddie and Rachel. I don't think that Eddie owed her an apology. Maybe because of the fact that he was being nice to her to her face and then different behind her back. But I think that would have been a really good opportunity for him to say your behavior was pretty disgusting and it was really embarrassing. And I don't feel bad about saying that. Maybe I should have said something to your face at the time like that might have been the way that I would have approached something like that but I don't think he was wrong to say those things because it was a general observation and he clearly was not the only one that felt that way right right and I get I guess like I was saying last night like I get where she was coming from but his comments were valid like she was a mess and as Captain Lee always says you can't you know don't embarrass yourself and don't embarrass the boat and then you go out Rachel and you do in theory and by association do you know embarrass the boat and the rest of your crew so his comments are valid I guess I just like understood where she was coming from as well he probably doesn't want to go through an entire season with Uh that kind of awkward tension either so I get it but I don't really think he owed her an apology for the things that he said like I said maybe the apology would have come in when he apologized for being fake to her face and saying what he really thought behind her back. Although, do we think she would have even been receptive to having a conversation like that with him last season? I don't know. I was just going to say that because her ownership level in it, and again, we don't know what they didn't include and what they didn't. Maybe their narrative is that Eddie was the bad guy and they're trying to redeem how we see her a little bit, but she didn't seem very apologetic for what she did. I mean, I know she apologized at the reunion or made commentary, but in that situation, she could have taken some of the ownership and said, look, I realized that I got a little out of control, but I didn't think what I did warranted your comments. And I think it would have gone a little better. It would have sat a little better, I guess, with me if she had done that, but she didn't. And he was willing to step up and put things behind them. So hopefully she's adjusting her behavior because she hasn't been drinking. So hopefully she's adjusting her behavior without narrating the whole thing to us. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with that. I don't know last season 
like if she would have been as receptive, especially because she was also, and I'm not using this as an excuse, but she did have those issues with like her boyfriend because the pandemic was starting and he couldn't come visit her. So she had a lot going on. So she probably wasn't in the right headspace to even deal with constructive criticism that was personal as opposed to like professional. Yeah. And I somewhat agree with that. I think that it's just interesting to look at it now. And to be fair, when Andy was talking to Frazier and Raina last night, and he was playing whatever the game was with them, saying who was the one that drank the most, nobody said Rachel. Mm-hmm. So maybe she is amending her behavior accordingly because she realizes how it came across last time. Yeah. Yeah. Probably does. I feel like that's what most Bravo people do. Like they're on one season and then they see their behavior once it shows airs. And then the following season, they, they get it together to a degree. Or is this conversation foreshadowing with her and Eddie for setting it up to him doing pretty much exactly the same thing because her behavior returns and he's disgusted again? Yeah. You never know. <laughs> I mean, they do tricks like that on us all the time. Yeah. We will have to watch what happens. Well, very cool. Okay, before we end the interview, we usually like to see if you have any questions for either of us. Did you have any prepared? I do have a question for Adrian. So um, there's this podcast I listen to called So Bad. It's so good. And the host always talks about like wanting a camera on the Bravo people like when they're let go and they have to be like real people. So I guess I'm just wondering like, what was that like to be on the boat the first season do this job and then you have to go back to the real world before the show air and like what's that like also once the show aired to then go back on a boat and be on charters was it weird did it feel weird to you know spend those weeks like with a camera and then go live your real life without a camera and then even just going back on doing other charters and there's no there's no camera crew everywhere what was that whole experience like I guess just in general a lot of former cast talk about there's this period of time after you're done filming the show that things feel a little bit weird. Go either going back to working on a boat or going home and you don't have someone sticking their hand up your shirt first thing in the morning to attach a microphone to your bra and you don't have a camera in your face 24/7. I mean, you're surrounded by people no matter what when you're on these boats filming these shows, but it's double the amount of people that we see on air. It's the camera crew. It's the sound crew. Every camera operator has a sound engineer that follows behind them to equalize the sound and to pick up more conversation as things are happening. And so there's those people, there's the production people that are on the boat that are kind of trying to coordinate things. And you just get so used to so many human bodies around you that once it's quiet and you're alone and you're not doing it anymore it feels really strange and some people call it a bit of a depression because you're just used to having so many people around and some people really relish it because they hated having that many people around so it could go either way for me personally my season for me was torture I genuinely thought that at the end of my season when we filmed the last 15 minutes of the show That when they said, okay, that's a wrap, that everybody was going to go surprise and it was going to be like a giant practical joke on me because I spent the entire season going through my head, like, how could they possibly have hired these people thinking they would take it seriously? 
It just, it felt like a hidden camera show, <laughs> but being filmed. And I just couldn't wrap my brain around the fact that this was real and it wasn't somehow targeted towards me to drive me completely insane for six weeks. <laughs> and so I did not go straight back to working on a boat. I went home and stayed in a dark room for like two weeks. Like I didn't want to come out. I didn't want to talk to anybody about it. It was PTSD. I was traumatized by what happened to edit my show and finally air it. So we filmed in 2011. It didn't come out till the summer of 2013. So I had a year and a half to have nervous energy about what I was going to look like, if it was even going to air, because they still hadn't put out a schedule yet of when it was going to come out on TV. So I didn't know what to tell anybody. If I could tell anybody, it was bad. It was really nerve wracking for me. Fortunately for the people that are filming now, it's like clockwork. They know what's going to happen and they know when it's going to come out. They don't know necessarily what the storylines are going to be, but they're a lot more tuned in after watching multiple seasons before them to what the channel is going to look for and what stories they're going to create. We did not have that advantage. It was brutal. And so going back and working on boats, because I had a year and a half before my show came out, I was able to continue working on boats with fair anonymity for a while because nobody knew. And until the promo stuff came out, nobody knew that it was me that did it. I had had conversations for a very long time before I ever even filmed about us doing a reality show, but nobody knew I actually did it until I was allowed to talk about it. And then I was scared because I didn't know what it was going to look like. And I knew that there was a lot of people that were opposed to it from the get-go. And I was afraid that people were going to throw tomatoes at me at the boat shows because they were angry that we were outing the secret of yachting, which is how some people put it. And as it turns out, you know, 11 years later, I'm good with it. I was not good with it. I would probably not go back again because I feel like I've grown beyond that, if that makes sense. Like also, I feel like I've kind of aged out. I'm 38 now and I'm married, happily married. And I don't think that fits in the vein of what they're looking for, for their cast these days. And I'm okay with that. I'm good with that. But I feel like knowing what I know now and seeing season after season after season, I'm kind of grateful that I'm not reality TV material, if that makes sense. I'll just take it as a compliment for life that they didn't bring me back, that they wanted somebody more dramatic. So <laughs> I hope that answers your question. Oh my God. Yeah, no, that completely answers my question because like, you never know like what that's like, you know, when you're on TV and then there's that, you know, like I can speculate. But yeah, no, all of that, what you just said, oh my God, no, that totally makes sense. And that totally tracks, especially because yachting is something that unless you're in that industry, you would have no idea going on. So I, I completely understand everything you're saying. It's very my experience, I think was unique to me and probably a handful of other people on my season because we had to wait so long for the show to come out and we had no idea what it was going to look like. When we first pitched that show to Bravo, it was supposed to be more of a documentary and less of a reality show, more mm -hmm. of interesting places and interesting people and good food. And then it turned into real world on a yacht. So there's that. At least it wasn't Jersey Shore on a yacht. I'm, like, I'm grateful for that. Well, it depends on the season. <laughs> but then I don't know if it would have been as good because then you're, I think what makes Below Deck so good is that you get the, you know, you have your guests and then you have the charter. And if it was just guests, I don't know if it would be as good. Yeah. Especially because some of these guests are not likable as we just saw. Like, yeah, for real. It's better oh. than you know, at least with the crew aspect, 
okay, you might not like the guests, but we like the crew and vice versa. Well, it gives you somebody right. to root for, you know. Yeah, oh my God, especially after this last episode. Yeah, you definitely have you know, people to root for. <laughs> I was loving watching them watch him melt down. <laughs> that was part of the fun part. <laughs> That's the other part I love about Below Deck is like when the crew is into the drama of right. the guests. And obviously, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's good drama. Obviously, this week's episode is not good drama, but I just enjoyed that they were into it. It was so good. It was good television. <laughs> Might yeah, not be it good was. drama, but it was good TV. <laughs> yes. Very cool. Oh my God. If I was those people, I would just bury my head in a hole. Yeah. Can you imagine having to sell real estate now? <laughs> well, that's the thing saying on um Watch What Happens Live, like Fraser, they were like, What do you think they think? And they were both like, they were probably mortified. Yeah. I, one behavior. would hope. <laughs> I hope. I hope. I don't know. Some of these people you have, you don't know. And we've seen it with other guests where they promote the episode and they look horrible. So you never know what these people. Yeah. True. If they aren't somewhat remorseful, then I'll probably see them on my investigation discovery shows soon because that was psychotic. <laughs> and I just think the fact that they were coworkers and not at all related, that made it so much worse. Yeah. For me personally. I for concur. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, I have... I love my coworkers. I'm not going on a yacht with them anytime soon. So, <laughs> well, Adrian's oh, got to. So, <laughs> she's out of luck. Right. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We really yeah, no, enjoyed you. having you. Hopefully, more clubhouse people will show up and take your lead. Yes. If you would like to be a super fan, just hit us up on our Gmail at gangplankreport at gmail.com. Or you can message us on Twitter or IG, same handle. And we will be back next week with a new recap show. Thanks again. Bye. 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 Special thanks to our friends who helped us create Gangplank Report. Down below music and lyrics by Angel Tweeter Frail and Terry Abbott. Performed by Lorelei of Florida. Production assistance by Michael Castaneda. Super fan intro by Blind Lawrence. Cast off me hearties.